0: This is The Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 187, recorded on October 9th, 2014. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all your favorite tech gadgets that find your way into your home news, reviews, product updates, and conversation. All for The Average Tech Guy. And I guess tonight we have to say, yeah. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the TV studios here in Bellevue, Nebraska. And, of course, we post the show each week with world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, you can send those to me in an email. Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv can find me on Twitter at Jay Collison. And now call in those. And, Kyle, I apologize. You sent me two messages that we owe you uh, back on the show, and I'll get those out here Probably next show, but you can call those in 402-478-8450, and we will play those on the show. And now Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. Find links to that sh- to this show and many other great podcasts out at thegeeksnetwork.com. Join us in chat, listen, or watch live on YouTube and on Spreaker, and find all the navigation over at theaverageguy.tv. All right, well I've been looking forward to this evening for a while. We have uh, I've been I've been telling you guys that Addie would be coming on. Uh, the program and that uh, we'd be bringing some great information from her. She's a fellow podcaster and and uh, we actually I actually met her through all the uh, the you know all the podcast groups that I hang out at in. And so um, Addie Sausito, welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. great to see you.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to dive into these geek uh, subjects.
0: <laughs> okay good. well g- glad to have you. I will uh, let me do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, With those that listen and then we'll come back around and and we've got some fun stuff to talk about tonight So let's do that first off. I want to say to the to the listeners uh, You've been out there. Thanks for kind of bearing with me, especially on the live side Uh, Lots of travel over the last three or four weeks for me been all over the country haven't always been able to get a show in and I know that I wasn't always good about changing that message on Twitter. You guys know that and I apologize for that, but Appreciate that. I saw it last week. I thought I let everybody know we wouldn't be live, and uh, and we weren't. But I saw some of you jump into the chat room and try and chat anyways. And so I appreciate. I do appreciate every time you guys come out to watch the show, especially to watch it live. And uh, and I'll try and do better about making sure I. You know I'm here almost every week, but uh, appreciate that. We did. If you if you missed it, we did post in the in the feed uh, some interviews that I did at the home uh, at the Heartland Developers Conference uh, here in Omaha and some really good ones. Uh, Pete Brown from Microsoft and um, Justin Tower uh, joined me. Two interviews back to back, those are in the feed. Hopefully by now you've gotten a chance to listen to them. So if you're wondering what those were, that's what it was. I dropped those. I had to do some quick editing last week and drop those in the feed. And so I appreciate you guys uh, picking up. Hopefully get a little bit of feedback on that if you like hearing those in the feed. I do 16 of those every conference I go to or so, and I try to pick the best ones for you. If that works for you, if you like it, it's a little more geeky, a little more technical, that's good. Uh, let me know, and uh, i just like a little bit of feedback on that as well. All right, Addie, let's talk about you a little bit. I met you through our podcasters group, and uh, you you join us Saturday mornings, most Saturday mornings, I think, for Ask the yeah. Podcast Coach to come out and join us in the chat room. Thanks for being a part of that as well. What? Uh, tell me, let's, let's uh, back up a little bit on you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do, what keeps you busy, those kinds of things.
1: So I'm here in Southern California and I've been podcasting roughly around uh, almost two years now and I've been doing, uh, I did a show for TV Talk for Glee for that network and now I'm doing Beyond Storybrook, which is a once upon a time podcast on Golden Sparrow Media and I've been meaning to relaunch my old Podcast show, but because of a hard drive, which I know you guys are well <laughs> aware of that subject. You better be
0: careful; they will probably school you on that. Here, <laughs> we are a big backup show, so.
1: Oh, I deserve uh, it. I should have. I yeah. should have planned. But.
0: Well, well, you we talked. You and I talked about this on a Saturday. You were saying you were having some problems with your hard drive, and it was an external drive, and it wasn't backed up properly. We talked about crash plans. So, guys, don't you know? Don't say a crash plan. We talked about that. Uh, but we had to take it out. We had to take it out of the case. You put it in a in a dock to see if maybe the I thought maybe the board on the external drive had failed, and so we removed that board, put it in a dock. Still no luck, right? On getting that data back.
1: No luck yet. So my next move now is to send it out. And um, just going forward, I'm gonna have to do everything from scratch to relaunch the podcast because my heart's involved in it, and I just can't wait to put it out there. Um, other than doing those shows, I also help produce other podcasters and small businesses, getting them on iTunes and getting their show prepped and ready for their audience.
0: Is that a full-time gig for you, then? I mean, all the the kind of the podcast consulting work that you do.
1: Yes, day in and day out. Nice. <laughs> I, well, that's I good. Hold meetups too, because I, I just love the medium. I love one. I love technology and the, everything that's involved. Number two. My love has always been in music and audio engineering. So to combine connections plus audio engineering and tech, podcasting is like the best drug for me. (laughs) Uh
0: Yeah. No, it's great. I do, you know, I do, besides these two shows that we do, we Home Gadget Geek, Cyber Frontiers. I do some behind the scenes. I do some some editing, some post production, you know, recording and editing for some for some podcasters and put that stuff out. It's a lot of fun, actually, to be behind the scenes too, right? I mean, it's just it's like because you're not all the work you do, you're not on those shows, right? You you actually just oh. do the production work for them.
1: Just behind the work, I get to hear the shows before the world gets to hear them, yeah. and I hear the raw the raw material. Recently, one with Tony Robbins. So oh, really? having that opportunity before anybody hears it, it's really cool.
0: And is that all freelance? I mean, do you do that? Are you you your own small business owner or do you work for somebody to do that?
1: I, I do work with Authority Engine and then I do have my own clients. So freelance and then along with Authority Engine.
0: All right. Very cool. That's good. And whereabouts in LA? You know, I was just there. Did you know that I was there this week?
1: Really? I didn't know. I know. We should that have met up. <laughs>
0: now, I was at USC. You know, I'm in the worst part of LA. What uh, Whereabouts in, in, in the general vicinity or yet in the LA area?
1: So I'm 20 minutes south of Disneyland. So I'm in the OC okay. area around there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we actually—I had a so for my day job at Gallup. We have these strengths coaches, and and we had one, Caroline came up and met me. She's from Orange County, so she made the hour-long drive. It's yeah, that's a that's a commitment to come up to to USC, right? That's yes. that's uh, close to downtown.
1: Oh yeah, a twenty-minute drive anywhere else turns into about two hours here in Southern California. Any of the freeways, you're guaranteed to yeah. look out yeah. of. Hour.
0: Well, there's um, they're putting together we you know for Gallup for where I work they're putting together a meetup group there. But I I, th- I have a feeling I'll be back in Orange County at some point, and uh, and, and I will certainly try and uh, and try and meet you. It'd be great to meet you in person.
1: Definitely, and, and
0: definitely. Hey, tell me about modern vintage radio. So that's kind of your labor labor of love, and and now it's stuck on a hard drive that you can't get <laughs> the information off of. But what are you hoping to do there? What what kind of what kind of podcast is that?
1: So the podcast is about intentional transformation to becoming a better version of us. And it's going to be focusing on two areas, our wellness with ourselves and everything involving surrounding us. And then two, intentionally transforming our business online. Again, I'm coming from the online business uh, industry, so I'd like to go ahead and tap into that. So as I'm doing the podcast, I'm also providing great information to help others who are going through the same journey as I am and just try to improve ourselves give ourselves confidence hacking the things that we are best at and stop focusing on the negative and get the good to overcome that and become just i don't know uh yeah. hybrids of amazing things
0: <laughs> yeah have you so have you ever looked at the Clifton strengths finder have you uh, not to bring my work into my podcast but are you familiar with our strengths finder tool
1: I did. I did see it. I'd lo- I'd love to have yeah. you on the show.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you can invite me back on anytime you want, and we can, we can, we talked about Strings Finder the last time we chatted, didn't we?
1: We did. We did. We did.
0: Okay. Good. 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 Good.
1: good. So, and again, I had put every like I put some information on the hard drive when it was weaking out, and I shouldn't. Yeah.
0: Well, well, hopefully we'll get you fixed if you need help. I've got a whole team of guys that uh, here can help you, you know, help you out in any way. So if you have if you ever have any tech questions, this is the community to ask that. We got a lot of good guys in that. Let's dig a little bit in cuz this is this is gadgetry. So, let's before we're going to talk about you you've kind of put together some home video and video surveillance systems. We're going to talk about that here in a few minutes, but I can, every time I talk to a podcaster, I got to talk a little bit about the gear that you use for podcasting. So, so guys if you're listening, I know hang tight. There's some podcasters out there that listen to me as well, but I have this feeling, you know, that we are moving into an era. It's not a feeling. I know. We're moving into a full video era. And and if we think those microphones on the webcams are going to get by with great audio, they stink. And I think everybody at a minimum should have one of these ATR 2100s, right? 50 bucks, fifty sixty 60 bucks, throw it on an arm, put it on, an, just improve your sound quality. But what are you, you're an audio engineer, right? What yeah. should, what, what do you like? What kind of gear do you have?
1: So... Um... What I'm using right now to talk to you is perfect for anybody starting out as a podcaster or just to enhance any quality that they're using when it comes to shooting videos, home videos, and you want good quality, why not add awesome audio quality to that video? Uh, Nowadays, our gadgets, uh, both iPhones and Androids, they have high resolution cameras but then the audio, it's not so good. It's like they forget the audio part. So even getting, again like you brought up the ATR2100 or the sister to it which is AT I think 2005. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same. It's the same microphone just a different outside body. And when it comes to the specs go ahead and run through it you'll see it's the same microphone. and Just plug that into your smartphone, your iPad or any gadget you have even a digital recorder like the, HN, the H4n like this one or the Tascam any other digital recording just plug that in and you have very zeroed in high-quality audio. Um, so I use this for podcasting on the go so like right now it's the best microphone to just connect to your computer because nobody wants to hear all this whooshy waterfall sound. When I'm podcasting I actually use a blue microphone and it's a dynamic, so if you've noticed, they're all dynamic. You don't you want to stay away from condenser microphones. Condensers pick up surrounding audio. You don't want that when you're podcasting. You want directional um, microphones. So I use, I do have a mixer because I, when I podcast, I also have others podcasting with me in the room. So it's just more convenient for me to podcast out of a mixer. Have some microphones there, and I do have a. Um, compressor to take out any unwanted noise and just keep it a nice quiet sound. Um, but that's pretty much it. Very simple, nothing too crazy. I know I can add, you know, like a soundboard and have little sound effects, but I just like to do that in post production.
0: Yeah. So the 2005, I, I do like the, bl- the the black mic. That does that. That really does look good. I think if I did it again, I probably would get that one. Although, you know, hey you know, whatever, right, whatever works. But um, USB, I have my connected XLR, and so I come out of mine, uh, I go into a board. Don't have to. That's not required for podcasting. You don't have to do it that way. Um, I do because I know I'm going to have other inputs that I'm putting in there, so it's nice to run it through the board. Then my board's connected to the PC via USB, and I like that. Doesn't necessarily require mix minus that way. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't like, I'm, I'm not a huge advocate of mix minus because it's a messy setup to have to do. To get that done right, and, and that works really great uh, without having to do it. I I think for the average podcaster, it's about a four hundred dollar, probably three four hundred dollars setup by the time it's all said and done. Ironically, the arms here are the most expensive of yeah. <laughs> the whole deal, right? Uh, to get the really good ones. Although we looked at some twenty five dollar ones in our in our group, I shipped a twenty five dollar one to one of our podcasters just to have them try it out and test it out. Springs were on the outside. It'll do the job, but not you know, maybe not the greatest thing in the world, but anything. So, from a mixing standpoint, you're you're running that mic USB into a, to a Mac.
1: Yes, the one you're hearing me on right now, it's directly connected through USB. When I do things these type of settings, I just leave the mixer out um, just to avoid any other complications. Because once you throw other gadgets in the mix, you're open to other streamlined chaining, like, oh, if it's not the microphone, then it's the mixer, XYZ type of thing. Um, but, yeah, I'm just using the microphone straight into my Mac computer. Oh, very cool. These microphones are compatible with both Mac and PC.
0: Yeah, and they're the easiest microphones in the world yes. to configure. They, they don't take, they just are recognized in either Windows and Mac. They just, they come on, you set them over to them, and we at work, uh, when we do our webcasts, I actually ship mics to the guests, and they, uh, the, the tripod that comes with it just sits nicely on the desk, and that improves the sound by like a million times, so you don't even have to have the arm to pull that off. You can just go with the, the equipment that it came uh, came with, and that's, you know, by itself, 60 bucks to get that audio upgrade in there. Any tips uh, from, since since you are, you do a lot of audio work for the average kinda, you know, for the average user in recording, what, what do you like to, what do you like to bring it in on and, and kinda mix it in? What, what, what kind of software?
1: I use Adobe Audition, but um, again, I learned this from uh, audio engineering school and it's the number one rule that all audio, if you're using audio, this is the basic rule always try to sound clean as possible your surrounding when you press record and then everything else after that is just so much easier so let's say I go in the middle of the street right now I'm gonna pick up all of that noise that's probably not the best place to podcast about something serious maybe if it's a journal type of podcast that's fine but if I really wanna zero in and focus and get my message across and not have all these sounds that are probably gonna take over my audio you always wanna go to a quieter room You know, maybe if it's an echoing sound, put like a carpet or not carpet, but like curtain to cover the audio. Get always go with the dynamic microphone. That's the best way to go. Um, Another best practice is don't turn up any gain. Don't turn up the volume all the way. You don't need to do that. You can do that in post production. Um, I'm a big fan of get it right when you're recording let post-production carry on the rest of the heavy loading, editing. Uh, It's okay to do ums and ahs, mistakes, and go ahead and just do that in post-production. For both Mac and PC, you can use Adobe Audition or Audacity. Those are really great tools.
0: Yeah, and Audacity is a free version of Audition. Uh, I actually like to edit in 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 Audacity. I have both. But I think Audacity, and this, and this is a total user preference deal, right? So I think Audacity is easier to edit in than Audition is. Audition has so many <laughs> bells and whistles and gadgets and sliders, and and, and so I am just chose to use Audacity free. I don't like the MP3 encoder coming out of it, though, so yeah. I actually mix it on a, in Audacity. I drop it out as an AIF. I pull it into Audition. I re-encode it with the MP3 that's there in addition it's got the right one you could use itunes uh, to do that as well and yeah. uh, and get it get it compressed down with an mp3 i do like audacity as a as an editor i think it's but you know i was just reading and on a facebook group today and of uh, podcasters so they're like i hate audacity it's so hard to figure out and so right it's probably 6 to 1 half a dozen to the other
1: yeah um it's it's all in what you teach yourself. When I first started podcasting, I was using GarageBand, which comes free on Mac computers, and I wanted to step up my production quality better. And then I tried Audacity. It wasn't exactly what I was looking for. I'm also looking for a quick time turnaround, especially when you're working with clients. You want to be quick about your production streamline. So when I got a uh, Audition. I was blown away because you can make presets. Let's say you have an intro, a transition somewhere in the middle, and then an outro, and then sound effects here and there. You can set up templates so that all you have to do is drop in the audio, go in there quickly, readjust a couple things, and export it with all the key points. Or let's say you want it 160 kilo, kilo I can't bring up the terms right now. Kilobits. Yeah, kilobits. There you go. And let's say you want it. You can create all these little functions and quality how you want it exported, all in Audition. So I love it. It's really quick. It's easy once you get the hang of it, because there is a learning curve to it. But it's like anything. The more you use it, the more you're going to get used to it.
0: Yeah, Tim Black says out in chat. He goes, "You guys do a lot of audio editing? Question mark, question mark, because he knows <laughs> on these shows, these are one take wonders. So we don't. I do very little." I drop it in, I run a compression tool across it that helps level it out and fix some of the things with it. I'll slice off the ends. If there's any, you know, uh, egregious mistakes, we cut those out. But for the most part, one take wonders. Where I do a lot of my editing is when I'm doing it for customers, right? When I have, when I, that they demand a lot more quality than I do and I want to give it to them. And so, yeah, I've, when I edit for other podcasters, um, I take out all the ums and the ahs. You're probably to the point too, where when you're watching someone talk in the and you're seeing the wave file, you can see an um coming before it, right? You see it, because it makes a, it makes the same file. Yes. It makes the same wave uh, pattern every single time. It's like reading the matrix, right? And you're kind of like, oh, yeah. here it comes, boom, you hear it, bam, wipe it out, and then move on, right? I mean, so it's, it's one of those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, I can instantly see when ums are going to come up or let's say something accidentally happens. Sometimes they drop their microphone or they're playing with their microphone too much. You can see these peaks quickly, so I already know. But like you said, um, my preferred recording for my own podcast is just record to live. Just record it once, get as much, you know, if you prepare yourself enough, you won't have to go back and edit too much. So that's my way of doing it. But for clients, again, quality is king for them. So I want to make sure that their content and their audio quality is synced up pretty well.
0: Yeah, and let's be clear. Adobe edition is not uh, inexpensive. Right? And, and there's a, It's not available on its own anymore. You have to take it as part of the Creative Cloud solution from Adobe. I think at a minimum you're paying 50 bucks. I think you can get it cheaper if you do educational discounts and some other mm-hmm. things. Do you know of any, are there any other ways to get a hold of those Adobe products other than Creative Cloud at this point?
1: That's all I know at this point. And it's, you don't only just get Adobe Audition, but you get all their other cool tools. um, Like if you're into Photoshop, that comes with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, and so what I'll say is if you're a regular listener to the show, I interviewed um, uh, Ron, oh shoot, now it's going to escape me. He, uh, Terry Ryan, there we go. I introduced Terry Ryan. I, I, I um, interviewed Terry Ryan from Adobe. Two shows back, I think, one uh, so 184, 183, something like that. Uh, at the very end, I threw that in as a bonus at the end of the show. He's an Adobe evangelist, and we talked about why they don't, in particular, have a package for podcasters because they have one. They have one for photographers. You get Lightroom, Photoshop, and something else in there, and they reduce the price. And I'm like. Um, Terry, why don't you come up with a $10 a month package that is audition and, you know, the the ones us podcasters use. So he had a good reason. I didn't like it. <laughs> I like, I don't, and he's like, well, okay, you know, and, and uh, I, I don't think they'll do it because I asked. But it would be great to have a podcasters package for that, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, I think with the continuing rise of podcasting, they're probably going to reconsider their options with that because it, there's a huge demand in it right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and there's and the guys in chat are throwing and there's a there's a bunch of other uh, audio editing software out there if you want to mm-hmm. use that for sure. Those aren't just the only. That's kind of what I've learned on. That's what you're using. That those are kind of industry standard tools. Right. Um, one of the things to kind of come back, you know, I can't even talk on a normal. I mean, now I have to have a microphone when I'm when I'm talking. Like I call my mom. I'm on my microphone, right? I, at work, right, right. I go to the studio if I'm going to do any any. You know, I want earbuds and I want a I want a microphone. It's just yes. I'm I'm totally addicted to it. I'm I'm hoping we're moving in a direction where we get more of that, either headsets or something. Where because there's nothing more maddening, even at work, than on a conference call where somebody's audio just stinks. I'm like, oh, we could be better than this, right? I agree.
1: I have team calls every morning, and I always have, it just like now, I have my earphone in, and then I have my microphone plugged in, in good quality. There's no, oh, wait, you just skipped out, or I can't hear you because it's whooshy. You know, I can hear you loud and clear.
0: Yeah, for sure. Why not a Heil PR-40? That seems to be the kind of the industry standard for a lot of podcasters and what a lot of guys go with. What um, What keeps you on the 2005 as opposed to going with a PR-40?
1: Just you know coming from my audio background, I've always been a fan of just simple dynamic microphones. like this, so this is the primary microphone that I use for podcasting. It's a blue microphone. It's Encore 100. very high quality and I, I just love that sound. I don't feel like I need to go out and buy another microphone because I have a collection of microphones already because I record bands on the side as well. Oh, cool. just for fun. Yeah. so to have a collection of microphones and when it comes to podcasting, if something's working already, I don't want to add on, you know, more to it. Maybe in the future if I want to play and test it out, but I'm fine with my setup now.
0: All right. Well, that's, yeah. that's a good answer. How, and what's the retail on that blue mic?
1: This is about $99. Oh, it has a very similar pattern um, to the Shure SM58. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. similar pattern to it. And I have yeah. one of those too.
0: Yeah, and those are ninety nine bucks too. That's actually a really good. I, you know, we use those for anything anything live. Yes. Uh, that we're t- and Not live. This is live, obviously. But uh, you know, if we're getting like a band performance, or you know, you're, you're going to do any kind of thing live, the fifty eight is just the industry standard. Oh
1: yeah, I any went live fifty eights. Yeah, any live concert. Just take a look at what microphone they're using. They're always using the SM fifty eight or the Sennheiser eight thirty five. I think that's the number. It's either the Sennheiser or the Shure Mic. Always, and if it works on those live, mm-hmm. big crowd, and they have a nice, clear sound, hey, use that microphone for podcasting.
0: Yeah. No, I almost went that way. And, and uh, you know, in the in the moment, we were all in the rush with these ATRs. And it was good to try. I think if I replaced it, I'd probably replace, replace it with an SM58. It's just a good microphone. So, oh, yeah. Um, it, although it would be... A, to to use it in this setting, you know, it's like that thing is meant to be beat on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is just you can if you're gonna. Somebody said if you're gonna if you're on stage and you're gonna drop the mic, you know, That's
1: the mic to do make it. Make
0: sure you drop the 58 because it will survive for sure. Well, well, good to spend a little bit of time uh, with you, kind of working through your sound setup there. And uh, these guys are there. We got some audio geeks out there that uh, that get that get into this stuff. I do. You know, we started against you know right behind me here is the blue you know the Yeti oh. and, and a couple years back that was kinda of the common and I actually had a buddy buy that for me and that was you know I went from a headset mic to the to the Blue Yeti and that's a really good sounding microphone USB um, so not as flexible when I'm when I moved the board in but it it just picks up you know a cricket farts in the backyard and <laughs> it it picks it up right and you're like uh, so you just—it's—it's it's one of those things you want to use it in a room where you're where you get as much sound deadening as possible.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, take it back to music. Condensers are used for vocals, and it's because they want to capture all that surrounding volume and body of that voice, which is not what you're trying to do when it comes to podcasting, especially when you're going to squeeze down that audio file to so low so it's compatible on all audio devices. It's not the best. Uh, solution to use a condenser. I love them, but not for podcasting.
0: Yeah. Hey, let me ask you about favorites on a board. We're getting uh, Tim Black's asking you. You've since you work in that kind of industry, you are probably round boards quite a bit. Do you have a brand that you kind of you kind of favor?
1: Um, I want to say one that always comes up, whether it's you know home. Home studio boards or big studios. Mackies they make amazing, amazing boards, and they can go. Uh, if you know audio, if you go to a NAB show or um, there's there's another conference, but if you go to any of those, you can go get these boards for thousands and thousands of dollars. And the ones that I've always seen to always have good quality, never fail on you is the Mac, the Mackies.
0: Yeah, in fact, Mackie's got a really good commercial about their boards, and they they take a Yamaha, an Alesis, uh, uh a oh, it would be a third, oh, a Baron, Behringer, Behringer mm-hmm. and and one of theirs, and they do they drop it off a roof, they drive <laughs> over it, they I mean they just abuse the board, and then they plug them back in, and they run a a meter test on them. And uh, it, and the Mackie's the one that survives. They say they're the toughest boards. Um, yeah. You know, Mike Howard, one of the other podcasters in our group that's out there, he went Mackie. I went uh When I was looking for boards, um, I think lesser quality. It's been good to me. I dropped and I, I had an old board that I had been using for a while. I dropped a glass of wine
1: <laughs> on it, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was
0: done at that point. And I needed a board fairly quickly went down to guitar Center found a, a good deal on a, on an e-channel mixer for, for about 99 bucks which wasn't bad at the time and it's been a good little board I think if I was gonna haul it around with me you know if I if I would take it as, as my mobile board I think I would need to go with a Mackie for sure they, they seem to be the toughest what do you uh, what do you have a board you, you have a mixer there in, in your studio
1: yes I do it's actually an Alesis multi-mix uh it's a 16 and it's FireWire. The reason why I've stuck with that one it's because I can record simultaneously into separate channels using um, going to in GarageBand, going into Adobe Audition or ProLogic which is another high-end, very similar to Pro Tools. So, I love that board. A lot of the boards that are made now, they only come out to two channels, left and right. Whereas these Elise's, it's a little I don't I think they've discontinued it. But
0: I they can are. record
1: sixteen yeah, different channels as opposed to only two channels. And it becomes really important and really handy to have those separate channels when you're recording. Let's say I have four people in the studio, somebody's talking too loud, they didn't listen when I said, Hey, can you back up a bit? Um, so you have more control of your audio when you have these r- separate recorded tracks. So that's the reason why I still have stuck with the Alesis. Again, you've mentioned it, the quality is not as good as Mackie, but I'm willing to go ahead and take that because I can just do again, post production.
0: Yeah, I think for home applications fine. If I was going to take it on the road, I would mm-hmm. definitely this that would not be my that would not be my favorite board to go on the road with me. Definitely a, a Mackie. Um, yeah. I have, so I have the step down. I have the Multimix mix eight. Okay. And those years they did an eight and an eight FX. Uh, no.
1: Yes. The FX. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, but the, the one I have is USB, but only one, you know, basically one channel for the okay. whole board. They did make a version that was USB though, that got all the channels. That was more like 300 bucks. And I, yeah. at the time I'm like, I don't do that. I don't care. I bring bringing people on Skype or hangouts and, and so I didn't worry about it at the time. But for but for ninety nine bucks, it's been a good little mixer. And you, it's surprising how handy having a mixer on hand at times to bring stuff in, edit stuff together. You know those kinds of things. Now it helps. I mean, at work I do podcasting, so I'm not. It's not it for everybody, right? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. If you're gonna use a mic, you don't have to use it, especially if you use these mics.
1: Right. I, the mixer years. has its purpose. I did yeah. want to bring up really quick though, you brought up the, the arm, so the arm I'm using here cost about $30 and it works perfect for me. Um, Does not make noise when I move it back and forth? The only adjustment that I had to do was add some, um, it, usually you find this in audio quality to do some soundproofing but you can get it at just ask garage or not garage band <laughs> ask guitar center say hey do you have some foam laying around and they usually have this little cushion foam and you just say can I have a strip they'll give it to you for free stuff that in and it holds the microphone in place very sturdy and I'm able to not have any noise desk happening when I'm talking so if I tap on the table you won't be able to hear it
0: yeah, it's a good. Only that's thirty dollars. Yeah, that's a good arm to do that. I I'm using the My Studio, MY three twenty five, which is believe it or not, this is a shock mount that's right here, and it's been it's the most ingenious little shock mount I've seen that holds these kind of microphones. It really does make a huge difference uh, when you're doing that. But any kind of shock mount, right? Super important because yes. it will absolutely ring.
1: You mm-hmm. know.
0: Uh, if you're going to do that, this is the road arm, uh, ninety nine dollars. Not the cheapest one; like it's more expensive. It's the most expensive part of anything that I bought for the most part. Um, I liked it because it, it doesn't make right, you can
1: move that around pretty well
0: without a lot of sound. The spring's embedded on the inside. Um, I see yours as the springs for yours are on the out. Do you know what the branding yes. is on that?
1: Yeah, I actually just threw the link okay. in the show notes. There it says newer broadcast studio microphone and you can get it on Amazon currently for $32.24 free shipping and it comes with the shock mount and the body arm and an extra XLR cable I won't recommend using their XLR cable it's a little on the cheapy end and when you, you use a bad or a very cheap cable it's going to come through the audio quality I recorded an episode and I couldn't figure out okay, why is it cutting out why is my volume going up and down I had to stop, switch out the XLR cables. That's what it was. So I wouldn't recommend using the XLR cable that it comes with, um, but everything else, it's perfect. For $30, $32 as opposed to 100 plus taxes, it's the best way to go.
0: Yeah, and I think I bought, um, let, me, let me look at my orders real quick. I think I bought the, a version down that's white that didn't have the shock mount, and I think that was like, let me see if that's right. Yeah, same brand, newer. Twenty-five dollars without the shock mount. So that shock mount's about ten bucks, and yeah. then you—they even have Kevin Schoonover, one of our listeners. He bought one for fifteen. That's made yeah. by this company, and so you don't—you don't need. I guess the point being, um, I'm thinking I might buy two of these for work. That the, the twenty-five-dollar ones or mm-hmm. that because um, we do some voiceover work uh, now in our studio, and that you know you get people there. They're not going to be monkeying with the mics. You're going to put it in a position. They're going to sit in front of it. They're going to read. They're done, right? And right. That's, that's when an arm comes in handy because right now I've got them on the desk and I've got it on a tripod and the tripod's on our book to get them the right height, you know? I'm like, yeah. man, that's so jankety. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, these come in so handy. I had... Um... I had a couple tripods when I first started podcasting, and to always have to move it out of the way when you need something else in the office was very inconvenient. Having an arm like this, you just move it out of the way, and it's it just makes speaking so much easier. I talk with my hands, so it, it helps a lot that it's not in my arms distance.
0: Yeah, and you're standing too, right? You're not yes. you're 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 at a standing desk. So, and you yeah. find you do that for most of your podcasting.
1: I find it better for me to stand up when I'm talking. When, I, when I'm sitting down and podcasting, I feel like my voice tone gets a lot slower, it gets a lot, like it feels like I'm gonna go to sleep. So just to get more of my energy up and project my voice better, I like to stand up.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm considering going to stand up for, for that, just for that reason. Well, for one, I'm, I, I sit in this, this chair for three or four hours at a time, you know, by the time you get things set up, you do the podcast, you do a little pro show, you you know, all of a sudden, it's three hours later, and you're like, "Holy cow!" I've been sitting here for three hours.
1: Yeah.
0: And it it healthy, or for health wise, it's better if you're standing up. Mike um, Mike Howard had said he's now using the my so that's my studios four twenty um, uh, oh. shock mount too. That's a, it's just not a little. It's not so you know um it's not such that traditional like we have to have this big gigantic thing surrounding the, you know, the microphone. Right. We have taken kind of a different approach to it. And, uh, and so, hey, whatever you want to use, however you want to do it, there's always, that's one of the number one questions we see in the podcast community all the time is on shock mounts. Right? Besides, the first number one question is what microphone do I use? Right. The second one is always, uh, do I need a shock mount or you know those kinds of things. So, well, cool. Well, thanks for indulging me a little bit on on uh, on some on some gear tech with that. It's always good. I always love to talk with a fellow podcaster about what they're using and getting some ideas um, that way. With sixteen channels, do you use how many of those do you do you use? Do you ever get to the point? That's, so you got twelve XLRs across the top, right?
1: Right. Right. Um, the most I've used when it comes to podcasting is about four to five channels. Um, Other than podcasting when I'm recording bands, oh, I'm using everything that I can on that board. Um, But podcasting, I think the, the, max amount of channels that you'll ever need is nothing more than eight channels then that that is including your own microphone. let's say you're doing a mix minus you want to bring somebody in and have control of that audio channel do a mix minus and yes it's a little complicated but uh, <laughs> if anybody's interested I'll have a free resource for them. Um, oh, there you go. And then um, you can also connect let's say an iPad or whatever device you're using for sound effects. you have a separate computer go ahead and put that in there. Um, if you have any other sound effects or audio input that you like to incorporate, go ahead and put it on another channel. But at a minimum, you can get a nice little four channel mixer for about ninety bucks, eighty bucks. And then at a maximum, you'll need about eight channels, nothing more.
0: Yeah, yeah, hey, you've teased us out with these bands a little bit and we got some music guys that listen in this. Are these, with the band work that you do, are these up-and-coming bands? Are these established bands? Tell me a little bit about that work that you do with the the music.
1: A lot of um, garage bands, pretty much, yeah. They just want something more than just their own recordings with their own phones or their own digital recorders. They want to set up a demo. So I'll go ahead and say, yeah, let's do it. Let's get into the garage or let's get into a studio and record some good quality. That way you can keep it for your own. Give it out to your audience for free, or whatever you want to do with it. Just it's mo- mainly demo based. Nothing high end. I'm not working for Interscope or Capital. <laughs> that was well, my goal. You're in,
0: you're in the land. You're in the land of that, right? I yeah. mean, you're in, the, you're in the perfect spot for all that.
1: Highly competitive, though. Very right. competitive. Right. It's an industry, especially for women. Um, only about four four to five percent women in the audio industry. So it was really tough. Also, it's such a high, well, well in their set in their ways. So if you came upon someone who's well-known in audio engineering, they didn't want to share their tricks or you wanted to learn how to do these effects. They were very tight-knit with like, no, I'm not going to tell you. So once I found my love with podcasting and sharing a universal message, I haven't gone back. I just record bands for fun, and that's about it
0: could ever any thoughts of just going completely independent and doing some of that i mean can't it would the industry even allow that could you could you set up your own studio and do it that way and then really try and break in with your own stuff
1: oh definitely it we're living at we're living in a time where technology is so easily for us to to get grab a hold of you can have a home studio just as high as a, one of these thousands of dollars studios it's all in how my so my audio professor used to say there's many ways to skin a cat, but in the end, it, it's just what is the end product of it? So you can do that with, um, I brought up Pro Tools. You can get that on both Mac or PC. Logic Pro is only a Mac, but that will work too. Those are high end, uh, they call them DAWs, digital audio workstations. So if you have that with the right equipment, you can get really high end quality. Set up your own uh, label for, for bands and It's up to you how you want to market, how you wanna go after it. Now you have things like Kickstarter to help you, so
0: Yeah. And and I just you know, you're in the you're in the land of bands, Mm -hmm. right? And and I'm sure you know, Will, can you like podcasting is creating a disruption in radio, right? We oh yes. We know that. I think Dave told me the other day that podcasting is caught up to FM radio in a lot of markets as far as number of listeners and listeners share and it's going to it's going to pass it right we know we know now podcasting will re, will unseat radio at some point uh, i am I'm, I'm very very confident of that can will that can that happen i mean cuz like you know apple disrupted the distribution model right but from what i hear you're saying it still sounds like the production model the way they make music is still very old school in the in the sense that it's they're doing it the same way they they've always done it with the same people doing it is that right yeah,
1: very very much the same the only thing now is a lot of the marketing has changed the money it has changed uh, if you take a uh, let's take a look at Beyonce she didn't turn to the label to help her promote her stuff she came up with her plans she executed it the way she wanted to and it blew up so everybody's looking at her like wow maybe we should do the same thing too because our record labels not directing us that way you have to keep up with the time so yes uh, technology is disrupting anything when it comes to audio. Uh, podcasting is moving. A lot of the DJs, I know a couple of the big name DJs here in Los Angeles, they have a podcast on the side and it's successful. Um, we had, so Adam Corolla was here with a big group of other big time talk talent. When that radio station folded, they went straight to podcasting and they're all successful in it. There's one that still has a radio station now. He does that at nighttime, but during the daytime, he's podcasting. That says a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Well, the, here we have we and we should probably cut ourselves off from this <laughs> yeah. podcasting conversation because uh, my audience will be like, "All right, Jim, we know you're a podcaster. <laughs> Just chill out." But it's um it it's an, it's I think it's I, I think it's cool and it's great to have another podcaster on here. I get Mike Howard. He also joins us on Saturday mornings a lot. It's nice. in the chat room. He's a good friend of mine. Hangs. He's hanging out in the chat room right now. And, um, and, you know, we, we have, we've been doing this for a while now and know it's just a great resource. And he has a very successful photography podcast that is doing well. And it really allows for the hyper niche, which I think is dynamite, right? I mean, big media took all that stuff away when it went, when all the radio stations got bought, and that just wasn't even possible anymore. It's back, and I think it's better, right? I mean, you can now you can custom tailor everything you want to listen to boom, right on your phone or, or whatever you do. I think actually our cars are going to start coming with really good podcasting devices in them. I hope, I hope, Oh yeah. we'll see, They're
1: we'll moving they them in already. A couple of cars like Mazda has um, something that has uh, Stitcher Radio on it. So that's one of the biggest distribution besides iTunes. So uh, I think next year, Apple's releasing their i. What is it called? iCar or iPlay, something along those lines. And it's a little dashboard you can put into your car and have not just your iPhone or your your music on there, but also podcasts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think the fact that uh, Apple's paying attention to podcasts again speaks a lot of... of, And I think they dominated the market. They got a little lazy. They're like, eh, we don't really need to pay that much attention to it. And then all of a sudden, some players like Stitcher and Spreaker have come along, and they're like, oh maybe we ought to you know maybe we ought to pay attention to it which is great for podcasting so um, yeah. you know and I get I have a feeling i you know I podcast because I love to do it right i I'm commercial free I don't really besides our Amazon affiliate link I don't try to make any money off of it you know we don't we're I got a great day job you know and I do it for a hobby I have a sense i mean you do it for your day job in, in some regards but it sounds to me like you do it because you really love to do it
1: Oh yes, definitely. My new show that's coming up—it's going to be just for the people, nothing to monetize. Um, I mean, it'd be nice, but that's not my focus at all. I just want to connect with everybody. And just as podcasting has changed my life for the better in so many ways—by educating me, by supporting me, by helping—I've I have friends universal thanks to podcasting. So I want to give back in the way of sharing my love for it through my own show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I just think it's great, and the, the good news about it is it is it's so diverse. You know, we talked about this hyper niche. It's so diverse that it it really you can you can reach so many different people, and it's and if you don't like it, don't listen to it, right? It's, right. You can it's on demand, it's time shifted. You can get it any way and any and you know how you want it. So for me, it takes this opinion of that's junk, that's good. This is the best. That's the worst thing I've ever heard it takes that out of the equation because you don't have to you, know, you don't have to listen to it if you don't want to and so that's what i really like about it
1: yeah it's not like radio where you have to listen to that infomercial while you're driving and you forgot your iPod or your phone that has your podcast
0: exactly right and if you don't like it you unsubscribe right yeah, and if you like doing. it you support it right that kind of thing so very cool. well, it's 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 always good to chat with another podcaster about these kinds of things. And I hope as a listener, if you're listening to this right now in your car or however you I know some of you mow your lawn while you listen to my podcast, uh, I hope that's helpful. i I wanted to you know I wanted to have a podcasting discussion, but I, not specifically about podcasting, so we brought some gear in here as well. So thanks for indulging me on that. Let's talk a little bit about DIY video surveillance. So, you have also set up some in, in there and in, um, at your home. You've got some. You've got a setup there. Why don't you walk us through a little bit about what and why that you did it, and then we can kind of dig into some of the specifics.
1: So I'll first touch in the why, because then um, I guess it will make some sense. Because I, I do have a home security system, but I wanted video surveillance within the home to really observe how my dog was acting while I was away because I wanted to make sure she was being trained properly and when I moved her um, I wanted to really get her out of the crate because I did crate train her while I was away but sometimes as I got really busy I was gone for a couple hours so I felt bad to just keep her in her crate so one test that came so handy was just to put a camera on her leave the house and I was able to observe her behavior and trust that she's okay by herself so a uh, very easy setup I'm um, I'm not too advanced when it comes to these things so I really just wanted something really easy for me to just plug and play leave it alone and I'm able to see it on my smartphone so my setup um, I'll go with something that's very universal for both Mac PC it doesn't matter as long as you have a computer internet connection and you have a webcam and I'll go through what exactly I use, uh, a basic tripod and a, um, a tripod that can connect whatever camera you're using so the first camera that I, I always use is the webcam which is a Logitech C920 so it looks like this. Yeah. and, it's and exactly Is that what you're
0: using right now for your, for your webcam?
1: Yes I have another one that that's how you're able to see me, but this is the other one that I use to have video surveillance on my dog.
0: Hey, show that, open that up real quick, because I don't think on the, on the pad, on the tripod there on the bottom, oh, let, me, let me click over the camera so they see you, so I don't think a lot of people know, but it, it opens up that way and then there's a spot where it can attach to, uh, show that where it attaches on the bottom. Yeah, it's got that, so you can attach it to a tripod. Not a lot of webcams have that. And it used to be these were super expensive. You can find them now for 65 bucks, right? 65, 70 yeah. bucks. So great little camera. I have one. Uh, one bad thing to say about it on Windows, it's an absolute resource pig. So once you crank that up thing up to full 1080 or full HD, you if you if you're trying to run that on a Core i3 or 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 less, don't. Doesn't work. Core i5 will push it to its max, and a Core i7 it's really what you need to, to run that thing. It's just a video. It's just a hog. So just a warning. If you get one of those cameras, you need to have some hardware to run it. I don't know if it's... A, is it as bad on a Mac? Does it does it consume a lot of resources when it's running on a Mac?
1: No, not at all. I'm able to... So it's got to be a multiple. Windows problem. Yeah. Windows. I'm just joking. Ah, <laughs> ah,
0: windows terrible windows. <laughs> you know yeah, I'm a but, Windows MVP, by the way. So...
1: Oh. <laughs> You know, whatever works for you. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right, yeah. Your mileage may vary.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this is one solution is to use this camera, put it on a tripod. Um, I actually have the tripod in use right now so I can't show you that but I did send over the links to you so you can share with your audience in the show Perfect. notes. Um, and that tripod's about $20 I believe. Nothing too expensive. It, it, it comes really high. I think at this level at its length, full length but then you can even crank up the rest of the tripod up. And I just mount that camera, connect it to a computer, and then just focus it on the ma- the majority area of where my dog is going to be. And then I just I have a Ustream account, put it on there. I have a basic free uh, plan on Ustream because uh, again, it's only temporary and very far and in- few between when I use this video surveillance is when I'm going to be gone for a while. And with the free Ustream account, the tripod and and this, this uh, camera, I'm able to keep track of how my dog is doing. Is she okay? Um, one time I had a, a babysitter come and just feed her because I knew I was going to be gone for a couple hours and I was able to see, oh you know they're there and they're feeding her. Cool, I'm able to see that interaction make sure she's behaving, not barking at them or anything. So, um,
0: so you're just, other- Addy, you're just turning on so basically you're using the webcam, you're starting Ustream on your mm-hmm. on your client there and then you're you are you know what the URL is to your site and then when you're on, yes. you, you're going on your phone going to the site and you're just I mean it's kind of old school monitoring right you're just right yeah. now it is broadcasted live to the world at that point right I mean anybody can see it that has your URL anybody can see that
1: it is, but you know, I don't make it anything too um, obvious. Like, I'm not going to give it a URL that says "doggy cam." And anybody who searches "doggy cam," "live doggy cam," they're going to be able to see my dog in my house. So I I put throw in some numbers in there and some letters. And that's why it's not so easy to find the channel. Um, I'm okay with people seeing it, but I don't want somebody to always be looking in and oh, she's gone. That means you know, I can go to her house and steal. Right. So I, I make the URL a little complicated for that intentional reason. Um, and, again, it's a free um, account, so when I do open it up in my on my phone, I do have to watch, I think, like a 15-second commercial sometimes, not all the time. And after I get to that commercial, I can just see my dog.
0: Yeah. Well, in, in, they, the Ustream also runs, I think, some, or maybe they don't, maybe it was... Maybe it was live stream. I can't remember. We use live stream and uStream, and sometimes they have ads. But it's you're, you're watching the dog. It's not a big deal, you <laughs> the, right? You let the ad go through, and yeah. uh, Get it done. So it's a great way. I mean, so that's kind of the free uStream account allows you to do that. Does it have a time limit on it? On how long you can be streaming for?
1: No, I, I've I, I've uh, it's kind of odd to admit this, but I've been away for maybe about five, six hours, and everything was fine. No, no interruptions. The cable didn't go out, and yeah. the everything was fine. So, I have yet to encounter that cut off time.
0: Have you caught the dog doing anything really? I mean, because we see these videos <laughs> right on, on YouTube all the time. Have you caught caught the dog doing anything crazy?
1: Just uh, it's it. I don't know. I've never seen. I didn't see her do this until I saw it on the webcam. She just grabs her own toys, throws it in the air, catches it. So she's like playing catch with herself. <laughs> so uh, other than that no she's well behaved no she isn't doing malicious things and that was one of the reasons that helped me gain that trust to get her out of the crate while I was away was the video camera to see I intentionally just set it up left the house for about 30 minutes and was observing her the whole time and she did fine she didn't ruin anything and I probably wouldn't have had that trust if I didn't do this quick video surveillance for her
0: yeah, no, it's a good way to do it. In chat, they're talking about some some alternative ways of doing that. These guys will always have yeah. a different way of getting it done, and so that's pretty cool. One of the comments um, I think Ken had asked uh, about that C nine twenty. I'd mentioned that it's a resource hog. If you do reduce the resolution, like in your case, you probably don't need full HD uh, coming out. By the way, you could still do this with a Google Hangout, right? In in yes. you could. You could start the, uh, a on-air hangout that would create a, a page. You could name it something just generic that's out there. There's so many of them going on right now. It's kind of like security by obscurity, right, in the sense right. that, you know. And then you could uh, you would get that unique YouTube page that would expire every time, right? And then you could delete the video if you wanted to. Uh, but that would give you a way of not having to have a have a, a a fixed live stream page, right? That people could come to. So that'd be another way of uh, being able to pull that off. With the C920, you could reduce the resolution, and it yes. will bring the it will bring it down. Any I'm in a Google, and it might be the relationship between a Google Hangout and the C920 uh, in Chrome. So as soon as you bring that resolution down a notch, the CPU goes. Ooh. I mean, it it, yeah. it settles down to a nice. But uh, it, it, yeah, it, it can be. It can. Be. Well, you're you're pumping some serious video out through that USB port, so it doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. Any other? So any? Have you have you found other ways to use it, or have you found yourself at times wanting to set it up for other, you know, other other things that you want to monitor?
1: So I did find another solution because um, uh, I wanted. Uh, maybe just to figure another solution out and I did find I am an Apple user um, when it comes to certain devices my main phone is um, is an Android but I did find the solution for Apple and I thought it was pretty cool because the re- resolution is high uh, the streaming is very solid and you can also its motion detection its um, so whatever it's recording live streaming it records it into an iCloud for you or they have their own cloud storage so this app is called ManyThing so it's M-A-N-Y-T-H-I-N-G app it's for iOS again Apple and it's used on across all their devices except the Mac computer Um, but if you have a simple iTouch or iPad or iPhone one laying around that you're not using download the app aim it wherever you want it again that's where the tripod comes in handy because I like to have a high view wide view and so I just get this separate little tripod Um, I think I gave you the link for this but it's a little smartphone tripod mount it's for any smartphone and all you do is just clip it open and then you put it on the mount it has that mount there and then you just aim it wherever you want and it's live recording live streaming whatever you want to observe so in my case it's my dog or I did test it once and I, I put the camera there and I wanted to test the motion detection sure enough the second it detected my dog walk it sent me a notification on my phone saying hey you know something is in your house and then you have a link click on the link and you can see the live view what's going on in your house so again that's many thing app it's for free right now they do, if you click on the page, it says pricing, but as of right now, everything is free. They're not going to roll out their price packages until later. They haven't determined a time, but the whole app is for free, the quality, the, the features are amazing. Uh, I, I always like free and simple.
0: Yeah. Yeah, free and simple is good when it works. From, from and then it yeah. never lasts forever. Mm-hmm. So you know that's uh, you know if there's one thing Dave Jackson has taught me is just be very weary of free services because yes. they can't last forever and they probably will either start charging or go away. Yeah, uh, as we found out. So well, cool. So I mean, you don't need a activated SIM in there then, because it's no. I assume it's Wi-Fi based, right? So mm-hmm. you're just Wi-Fiing those up once it act once it activates so you get motion in the room and it activates how long does it stay on for is it streaming video or taking pictures how does that, how is that looking
1: it's streaming video the whole time but the second it detects something let's say you are using this video camera for your business or for your home and you don't have a dog you don't have one anybody in the house and the second it detects somebody's in the house that's when it comes handy it just tells you hey even though it's live streaming you can just click on it and see it the whole time it will let you know when it's detected something and you can just click on there and see what's happening
0: well even in their plans so I I am taking a look at their plans here and they're kinda giving you a future look at what what might be coming up and it and it does look like so that like one recording device for up to 12 hours which is pretty generous yeah is free, right and maybe five bucks for Seven days of continuous recording, that's not, that's not terribly bad, you know, that's not, that's not too expensive from that standpoint, but, and that's per month, right, so $5 a month gives you a week of streaming before you have that's to reset bad. that in there, um, but no, that's pretty cool, so, that's, but that's only on Apple, that, yeah. that doesn't, no, no, is there an Android, have you found an Android equivalent to that at all, or have you even, because you maybe not have a phone, you haven't looked?
1: I, don't, uh, I haven't tried this solution, but I was doing some research, and um, I gave you the link for show notes, but they do have an Android solution. Somebody walks you through the whole process. You get a phone really cheap on eBay or uh, Amazon for like 20 bucks, as long as it has a camera on there, and it tells you step-by-step step how to connect it to the Wi-Fi, how to set it up, and the same pretty much setup that I was talking about with many thing it does the same thing you can add motion detection if you don't want it don't add it but that is one solution that I did find but I haven't tried it out myself I would like to test it out and see how it goes
0: yeah actually so the solution is over at HowToGeek we actually know one of the guys that works over there at HowToGeek cool Uh, and um, yeah it looks like for about five dollars you can get you know a an old an Android phone right, a copy of IP webcam, which is free for the continuous streaming. If you want the alerts, you get um, SecureIt SpyCam for 4 450 cents. $4.50. That's going to get you the motion-activated capture and alerting features. Connect it to your Wi-Fi and, and run it. I mean, there's some mm-hmm. instructions in here. I'll include this uh, in the show notes, but uh, it looks like it's a very capable um, solution for, and in, in the case of the example they're using there here, I'll, I'll throw this. Let me throw this in the uh, the chat so everybody can enjoy this in the live stream. They're showing it uh, working on a fish tank. Yeah. And so that uh, that'd be a good a good way to say it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That is, you know. So you think about it. I mean, so we always think when we think of uh, those security systems, we think of buying some expensive IP cameras yeah. that you're putting around in various places. Now those uh, those might be just some Fifty-dollar Android devices or an iPhone—that'd be probably more than fifty bucks for an iPhone. But that you could pull off a of Craigslist and make, you know, mount that on a bracket and make a webcam out of it. Plug it in.
1: Yeah, that—that's on. one thing. I—I again, I'd, I'm not using this surveillance for anything high-end, like putting them outside to observe what's going on when I'm not home out the surrounding area. But if you're interested in that, you have these solutions that are you know you do it yourself very minimal money and from what I see a lot of people are very satisfied with it whereas if you pay for this high-end system you also have to pay for a high end ticket price for their services on a monthly basis I I think this is more of a solution I'm comfortable with uh, at this point for my reason I don't have the need for um, surrounding surveillance and inside outside I don't need that but for this it, it works perfect
0: yeah, a lot of our guys, because we are uh, we come out of a community of home storage, that's kind of where this group kind of originated. We're, we sometimes buy these NAS boxes that have all this storage, and then you can attach webcams to them, these remote webcams, and you attach them, and then the... NAS boxes is your storage so instead of sending it to the cloud you're keeping it local and that's just constantly rolling and if you ever needed to go back to the footage you could go back to the NAS box and pull that off so that's higher end right you're probably a $700 NAS box plus probably at least a hundred dollars a camera to put those in effect but a lot of a lot of our guys have done that they've they've uh, they've put together those kinds of so this is kinda of the this is the entry-level and I like this. <laughs> this is kinda of the hey do you wanna try it uh, you you might have some equipment laying around that would allow you to do it, right?
1: Yeah, I'm going to do the Android um, solution. I'm going to just do it for fun and see how that works because I really have you don't have a lot to lose. And I like to I'm a hands-on person, so I want to just test it out, see how it works. If it works, I can give you an update and see how that goes. Yeah,
0: no, it'd be, yeah. fun. It'd be fun, fun little enough. project. Yeah, no, I might even try this. I haven't that for me. Uh, I have never done that in any, you know, even with the other stuff. That just hasn't been one of the things I've been interested in. But I know a lot of guys in our community are interested in that. And, uh, and so that's a quick down and dirty. You know, I think we just had a recent incident in town where a business had, where it had some problems and they, so they set up a fairly inexpensive monitoring solution and within two days the vandals were back and they caught them all on, you know, on camera and were able to and so it was one of those situations, like those upper end, those commercial versions can go for thousands of dollars. These guys set up something for like a hundred bucks, you know, yeah. what you're talking about here. And, uh, and we're able to, to get that done as well. So very cool. Anything else in there when you talk about anything else you learned uh, kind of through this or uh, or you are thinking about, you know, hey, if I could, the next step is going to be to do this um, besides Android?
1: The only thing is, uh, I don't know, to make it better, um, when I'm mounting it and let's say I'm doing the webcam to Ustream solution, um, I, have, I do have a Mac again. So there is this app called uh, Webcam Settings. And that I can enhance the video to be a lot clearer if it's dark I can have like a backlight on it and that helps to see better so I can adjust the camera settings because out of the box it's good but let's say the lights not so well lit in the house I can just go ahead and use the webcam settings sharpen up the image a little bit more if I wanted to and go ahead and put more light in there so that webcam settings app for Macs that comes really handy um, sometimes, not all the time. Again, you you brought it up earlier. We don't need that high end resolution if you're just going to check in on your dog. But that was one thing I did play with. Um, another thing for convenience is to get an extension cord to charge your device if you're using the ManyThing app solution. Um, the co- the cord that it comes with it's very short, and if you have it on a tripod, you can't really plug it in. So I was able to get the extension to charge the device at the same time and use many things and they mention it in their if you see their promo video you brought up a business a business some of these businesses they use that app and they have that extension cord too and they place it up really high so they can observe the whole business If it's a coffee shop they're able to see it but if you don't have that extension then you're kind of screwed so um, that's one thing that I that you initially do need is an extension cord. Um, other than that I haven't Tried too much. I I think yeah. once I found that solution, I was like, yeah, let me try that. Then I found the many theme solution, and that's about it.
0: No, that's very cool, Addy. I, that I mean, that is like a that's a really geek, that's a geek <laughs> friendly, right? I mean, that's perfect for our for our listeners, right? They're into that kind of. I mean, this is like life hacking stuff because yeah. you're taking advantage of something you might have already had, or or <laughs> you know that you've got in inventory, so to speak. And uh, bringing that in and making it work for you. So, if uh, for our listeners, if you're if you're listening to this and you've got some additional solutions or you're thinking through some stuff, uh, jump out on the Facebook group and uh, and drop those in there. This is this is cool. We come across these 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 types of situations from time, and I'm like, man, that's really cool. I've never thought of that before. I need to I need to get. And some you know, it's funny. Some podcasters have this cam that they put. Like they'll put way up and out, or way over on the side, and you could stream. That could become a, like a streaming, like a studio cam, yeah, know, type deal that you stream out there and and uh, show what's going on in the studio.
1: Yeah, and really, if I can do it, anybody could do it. Because when I first came up with this this want of wanting to see how my dog is doing while I was away, I did some research, and it was so complicated, way beyond my tech. You know skills, and when I just started playing with these, you know, the, I have a webcam. What if I just connect it? Where's a live streaming? You brought up earlier that you can use Google Hangouts. Um, this works for me. The ManyThing app works for me. So if it works for me, some I just want very basic, easy to use. It's gonna work for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, very cool. Well, thanks for doing that. We've got a few minutes. Uh, I've never done this before, but I'm going to say, Addy, do you what kind of questions, this is the first time we've really spent some time, what kind of questions do you want what, to, what tech questions do you either want to ask me or the community? What do you want to know about technology? If you had a chance to ask the tech guy anything, what would you ask us?
1: Hmm. Well, I think because I had the whole hard drive problem. Um, now, what is the best and I think I brought this up earlier because I did go shopping for another external hard drive even though I will be getting the backup cloud version I saw that Western Digital and Seagate they have their own home iCloud solutions, but when I looked on reviews, they were so bad. But I was like, it sounds so good. Is it too good to be true?
0: Yeah, it's it's as bad as it sounds in the reviews. <laughs> yeah, you those those companies, you know, they're hard drive companies, mm-hmm. and they've they've come at these cloud solutions because everybody else was headed that way, and they're like, hey, why don't we come up with our own, our own cloud solution? Uh, marginal at best, I would I would advise you away from their kinds of cloud solutions. There's a lot better ways to do that um, if you want cloud. You know you really have to kind of think through and plan through your storage, you know, so what's going to be local, right? What am I going to keep local? And you have to think of that local copy as like, if this disappears it's got to be somewhere, somewhere else, right? <laughs> so how? So where am I going to put that? And that's either going to be redundant on another box of some kind. So do you want to set up a server or another PC in your house? Not everybody wants to run another one. Well if that's going to be the case then it needs to go to the cloud somewhere. And there's mm-hmm. if you go out I've got a cloud storage guide that we've put together that that kind of talks about all the various cloud storages st- storage companies that are out there. Um, I, you know, we've got some recommendations. We here, you know, I we use a lot of of, of Microsoft's OneDrive. That's a the, and that these you know Google uh, offers a, a a drive. That's not backup though, right? That's just another yeah. that's another place for it to go. You really want to take it to a place that specializes in backup. We talked about CrashPlan. There's a couple other places as well that backup. You think of like a Carbonite or yeah. a. Um, um, about uh, I think Backblaze is one of those that doesn't. So there's there's backup companies that back it up with versions, because here's what's important, right? So say you say you go with OneDrive and you're syncing your OneDrive from your computer to the cloud, and you make a change to the file that is destructive, and it syncs it, right? That's why it's not backup, right? Because it's now you've sent that you sent that <laughs> file to the cloud and ruined it there too, right? <laughs> And so you need versioning, right? You need to be able to capture that file as it was yesterday or the day before. What if you get a virus and you don't, you don't recognize it for three or four days and then it, it ruins a bunch of stuff and you have to go back five days? Well, if you're on a sync or even if you're on a daily, if it, there's some kind of daily sync on that, you want to be able to go back at least 30 days. So there's, you know, with, with a lot of the backup services, you want to make sure it has versioning to say, oh I really need, to, I want to go back to the file as it was you know 17 days ago. Uh, right. from that standpoint. So many folks in our community, we do it, we have a local file, we have a file stored on a home server is what we call it, which is, don't get freaked out by the word server, right? It's just another PC somewhere Right. Uh, in your in your home where the copy is. That's the second copy or a sync copy. And then those, those in, in my case, I have it going to a server and then those files are being copied up to, uh, synced up to both the cloud solution so I can get to them from anywhere and they're getting backed up every single day to to backup. And that is, you know, I have the cost of the PC and the $60 I pay crash plan to back it up. So it's not terribly expensive
1: right. to
0: do it that way either. So
1: Great.
0: with what you do, And as important as your stuff is, what we need to work with you to make sure you get all your uh, your stuff backed up in a way, and we don't have another hard drive.
1: Yeah, failure. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, seven hundred
1: plus gigs lost. And I guess that's my next question. Where where is what is the recommended um, outsourcing? Would you recommend for me to send my hard drive, and hopefully they're able to recover all that data for me?
0: Yeah, you're gonna pay a lot of money for that. Oh,
1: I, I bet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm gonna take some. I'm gonna take some uh, requests from the chat room. So, okay. So uh, because I don't know of a good company. Um, I, you know, for me, my my data is disposable enough. And what if I lost? There, there's very few things. I'm sure there are some, right? But right. there's very few things that I'd, I would pay what you're probably going to pay to get that information to get that back um, so let's see what the chat room cuz you got to you'll have to send it off to a to a place that will put it in a clean room and pull that apart and be able to recover that data off those platters and um, and they're they are right now they're they're ooing and awing over the fact that you got 700 gig of data in that on that drive
1: yeah and,
0: um, so other jim says on track
1: on track. On okay. Track.
0: Let's take a look at on, on T R A C K.
1: I have you know I have home videos on there. I have pictures. I have uh, I've scanned certain documents and put them in there. I, I just probably put too much important information on there for me to give up. If I yes. have to give up, I will give up. But I I just want to give it one more shot. And yep. if it's able to happen, then. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, Google uh, Kroll, or just OnTrack, I'll get you there, but it's Kroll, K-R-O-L-L, Kroll OnTrack, and they have a, um, they can, they have a call for a free quote, so okay. that might be a good idea, that's a data recovery, the other thing you could do is Google data recovery services, that would be the right, the, the right um, genre to be in, Okay. It's yeah. Also a uh, Rekuvia. Oh so so do this. Okay. So when you put the drive in the the adapter in the in the Dock, dock
1: Station.
0: You're on Mac. Did it it recognize it as a drive? At all, did it show up on the on the on the desktop as a drive?
1: No, it said that no disk was recognizable. Okay. It, it would load. I can hear everything loading. There's no clicking noise. It just as it was normal. The light lights up. Everything goes fine. Um, but the second you know, I get this notification on my computer. Oh, uh, device connected is not recognizable.
0: Okay, so you can't even get to it to... No. It won't even recognize it as a drive, uh, as a loaded drive. There is a software application called Recuva, R-E-C-U-V-A, and that's actually really good at recovering drives that have been overwritten. And it goes back and finds the files, like if it was formatted in some ways. But you, it, it needs to do. Um, it, it needs to be able to recognize the drive, right? The PC or the the Mac in your case has to be able to recognize the drive uh, for that to actually work out and and get it on there. So, um, so they're asking, does it spin up? And Ken, we said it spins up, but it you're not. It does not recognize it.
1: Right. That's been the biggest pain point. That no computer, because I've tried. My Seagate was formatted so that you can see it on a Mac or PC so when I did connect it to a PC and a different Mac it nothing comes through. Again with the dock station without the dock station everything sounds normal, looks normal, but when it comes to the computer it's not recognizable.
0: So you also might want to look at Spinrite. That's another piece of software that you can buy that may be able to see it. Sometimes uh, I don't know how this works on Mac, but sometimes on Windows, if you if it if Windows doesn't see it, it, it doesn't mean it's not there. It just means it can't recognize the format on it. Do you have access to a Windows PC at all?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So if you go into the if you go into the administrative tools on that. So on a Windows PC, you're just gonna go to the control panel. Okay. Um, and we're recording all this, so you don't have to m- frantically write it down.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs>
0: you can always go back. What
1: did he say? <laughs>
0: yeah, you can always go back and get that. If you go to the control panel, okay. and you go to the administrator. Um, let's see, let me find those administrator settings. Um, so you'd go to System and Security, and then Administrative Tools, and in that you're going to go to the computer management It's called Computer Management. Okay. I'll click on that and open it up. And on that, you're going to go to Disk Management. It's a, it's a tab under there. It's under Storage and Disk Management. That's kind of the raw layout of all the drives that it sees. And sometimes, if it doesn't recognize the drive at all, it'll show it there, but it won't show it in, in, the, in the file structure because it doesn't understand the file structure. And, I'm, and, and maybe something in your file structure got messed up. If that's the case, and it shows it there, then Recuva might be able to recognize it and go on there and start grabbing some data off of it. And is really good at recognizing files and formats and and um, getting that back for you. So that might be another. And I and, and I just don't know how that works on a Mac um, okay. as far as the file structure goes. So I can't give you. I'm a yeah, I can
1: give it a player. shot on, on a Mac or yeah, PC. Yeah.
0: Try, see if you see it there. Because sometimes, like, if you install a new drive in a, in a, in a PC and it hasn't been formatted properly, you've got to go to that section and, and set some, there's some settings you got to set. Just don't format it, whatever you do, right? If I right. ask you to format it, say no. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop at that point. Now, it's not the end. Of, if you did format, it's not the end of the world because you know the way right. file structures work. You have a table that points to all your data and then you have your data. When you do a format, you just wipe out that table. And mm-hmm. so what Rokuva does is it goes in and rebuilds that table based on the data that's on the drive for you. It takes, it takes all day, right? I mean, it's, it takes a while to run. But once you start rewriting to that hard drive, it's going to overwrite some of your data. So you just it's, if you do format, it's not the end of the world. It's just not great. Okay. Um, um, so, yeah, Mike Howard is saying it's big bucks to send it off to one of those recoveries. So try some of these first before you think about sending that off.
1: Okay. Uh, what do you think see. is the price range? Because I so far in my head I have about maybe fifteen hundred.
0: Oh. Yeah. yeah. five hundred <laughs> to five <laughs> to fifteen hundred. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, it, it all depends on how hard they have to work. In yeah. your case, it's not like it, it's not like the drive has been damaged. I mean that's probably the worst scenario. Um, to give you some idea, so uh IOSafe who makes um, bulletproof, fireproof, waterproof drives, they guarantee if you lose data, I think they 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 guarantee, they start at $1,000 to get the data back for you. So you're probably in that price range. That that price range is, I've never done it, though. So okay. I'm always like, nah, yeah, it's not that important. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to me at that point, it's not that important. Let's see if there's anything else in here. Yeah, Tim Black is saying, clean recovery is expensive. We know that. Um... So the other, John is saying, uh, yeah, if you've got a local, if you've got a friend that's really good with this, you might want to have them sit down. Man, I, mean, I could have sat down with you when I was there, and <laughs> I, I really couldn't have. I didn't have time, but but uh, it was a quick in-and-out trip. Um, so Lopta makes a good suggestion. If you do get to see that drive in some way, if you ever see it, um, before you run anything on it, see if you can take a snapshot of it. You know, run a backup on it, something like that, to see if you can pull that, pull that data off. That's a little more complicated. That might be where a good tech guy can help you out.
1: Yeah, Um, and anything really that gives me that small access to get in, that's pretty much what I plan on doing is you know, transfer all that data to a new uh, hard drive and then back that up. But as long as I can get in, that's my main key. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well what I'm afraid of is one of two things. One is the system board on the hard drive has gone bad. And if, Mm. if you can't, a lot of the guys are putting solutions in there that are, the, that were like the, it's been formatted and it can't see it anymore, but the drive still spins up and is recognized, right? Hmm. Uh, and so you, you really got, I mean, you can't run any software to recover on a drive that can't be seen by the computer, right? You got to get the computer to see it first. Right. And then, and then run that. Um, so couple steps there. So one, work on seeing um, if you can get uh, maybe the Windows to recognize, you know to recognize it and if you do that I'm gonna rejoice because that's something Windows did and Mac didn't by the way I'll throw Um, my Mac out, I'm
1: just joking. No, don't don't do (laughs) that. I'm joking. Um,
0: And and so actually so uh, Ken in our chat room he says he's actually he's not far from me about an hour and a half north so if if we get down to it and it's a local kind of situation maybe that'll work out Um, but um. Yeah. That's the. By the way, that's this is that's this kind of community. These guys will kill themselves to help each other, and so that's the kind of community we have there. So, can I appreciate you offering?
1: Um, yeah, it's so that. nice.
0: Yeah. If you get in that situation, you know, let me know, and I'll I'll put you in contact with him.
1: Cool. Um.
0: So, uh, and Tim Black is saying too. Yes. Oftentimes that system board goes bad. If that's the case, yow. Yeah. You've got some. Now you can. You could swap that board if you knew what you're doing, but that's really hard. So,
1: complicated.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. It is indeed. So, well, uh, keep. You know, you know me. So yeah. let's let's keep working on this to get this thing fixed for you. Don't send it off just yet. Let's see if we can do a few more things to. And again, we can do this live and in real time on a Saturday or Sunday if you need if you need some help from me. Cool. Uh, you can share your screen with me. It'd be great on a Windows PC. You can share your screen with me, and I can help you. Um, along those lines and we'll see if we can get this data back for you. It would be great if we could just figure that thing out and then be done with it for you so you can get your show
1: launched. Yes, definitely. Uh, Again, I think at this point I'm just going to start the show from scratch and uh, I do have a couple things documented in paper but it doesn't hurt to just redo it over again but it's more of the home things that I I had big projects on there. I had home videos, pictures, documents, of everything that I don't want to lose just yet, I'm not going to give up. But um, I will be reviewing this episode just to hear all the little steps, all the recommendations. Yeah, and,
0: yeah. yeah. And the guys, the guys are being very clear. Don't do anything radical with it yeah. to mess it up even more. So let's see if we can get it to show up in Disk Manager uh, for Windows, and because okay. it that would be the best, the best possible scenario. And then we can figure out, you know, kind of what to what to go from there. So maybe we can get you all all situated up and get you going. Addie, let me say thanks. Hang around for a second. I'm going to do a little bit of, uh, of a closure here of the show, and then uh, and we'll go into the post-show. Uh, it, but I wa- I do want to say, before I let you go, big thanks for coming on. I hope you had a good time tonight. I, I, I hope it was fun. fun to have you on.
1: A lot of fun. Thank you for having me. I, I you know, I don't have a lot of people to talk about all this, you know, technology, microphones, podcasting, so anytime I'd be in here, I'd probably start joining the chat room more. <laughs>
0: hey, we every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the TV Live. A little harder for you on the West Coast because we start at 6, but it depends on your schedule. A lot of our West Coast guys, it's impossible for them to even get home at 6 because of the yeah. traffic situation in L.A. We'd love to have you out here and... Uh, in. If I asked you to come back on and, and just talk more tech, would you would you say yes?
1: Definitely yes. Count me in.
0: All right, good. Well, yeah. we'll try and get your plan in the schedule. It's great to have you on and uh, great to talk some tech with you. I'll remind, like I said uh, just a minute ago, I'll remind everybody we are live every Thursday night 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out at theaverageguy.tv uh, live. If you're a new listener, uh, this is all we do. We just talk tech all the time and uh, we have we have fun doing it. You can influence. Uh, What we talk about, you can track me down on Twitter at Jay Collison and just bring up some uh, topics if you want to do that. We are well scheduled out into December at this point. We have some really good stuff coming up uh, for you, so stay tuned as things go. My travel schedule is done, so we'll be back on a regular schedule at least until November in the MVP Summit uh, in uh, in Washington. So Dave McCabe and I will be heading out there to spend a week on the campus and find all things Microsoft uh, while we're out there. And so that's uh, that, but should be my last missed Thursday for the year, and uh, and so that's coming up as well. I'll remind you if you are buying on Amazon, uh, use our Amazon affiliate link, TheAverageGuy.tv/Amazon. Don't forget John Zadler in Canada too. So we have a brand new affiliate link for John. This gets him, uh, Addy. John is our resident hacker slasher, cut into things, uh, make cool. things work that aren't supposed to work together. Yeah, he's really good at that. But he's in Canada, and it's really hard to get him gear. To, because NAFTA screwed all that up, right? It, it's oh. So we opened an Amazon affiliate link for him in Canada. So if you got to the average guy.tv slash Amazon CA, but you have to live in Canada. U.S. people don't do that. <laughs> okay, You can't buy from the Canadian store. If you're in Canada, you buy from the, Can- the Canadian store. If you're in America, you buy from the U.S. store. Okay. Now that I got that through. the uh, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Amazon CA. CA for Canada. And all those proceeds go to John Zadler, and he picks up stuff, hacks on it, and then talks about it here. And uh, we want to remind you, and I've had a few of you sign up for the newsletter, and uh, we, we've got 40 on the list at this point, so it is growing. And if... Uh, and Addie, I resisted newsletters forever, right? I was like, I'm never going to do, email is old school, I'm never going to, yeah. guess what? I did, I, I'm doing a monthly newsletter now.
1: That's so. the best way to go.
0: It really is, and actually, I had a few listeners thank me and, and say, "Jim, we're not on Facebook. We don't do Twitter. We don't, right? We don't keep up with you that way." And so, I really appreciate getting that once a month kind of update on the network. And so, I did that. Forty of you have joined us. If you want to do that and get an update every single month, I just put one of those out. And the only way to get those is to be on the newsletter update. And I won't spam you. I promise. Just once a month. Head out uh, to theaverageguy.tv. Look on the right hand side. Scroll down. Scroll down the page a little bit. And it uh, it'll say sign up for cool stuff or something like that, and uh, you'll get that for me. And then one last reminder: every we talked about this before. We're out every Saturday morning. Addie's out there as well, so if you want to meet her again, she's hanging out with us. Ask the podcast coach Saturday mornings, myself and Dave Jackson. That that's just the funnest podcast ever. I just have the it best is. time. <laughs> on that. I mean, I like this one. Don't get me wrong, but I really am enjoying Saturday mornings with uh, fellow podcasters out there. Even if you're not a podcaster, you we get some good tips out there, some good things to talk about, com slash live. 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern. And I would love to have you come out. For Addie and for, my, for myself, we'll say thanks for coming out tonight. And uh, we'll stay around for a little bit of a post show. But uh, for everyone else, good night, everybody.